Welcome back to the Sleepaway Great Debate Show. As always, I'm your host, Sheehan. Jacksonville fans haven't had much to cheer about over the past year, but the wheel is turning for the good people of Uval County. Not only Limp Biscuit just released a new song, but the Jags' 400-day <laughs> losing streak is over. Just up the road from the Great Debate Soundproof booth, kicker Matthew Wright produced a James Anderson-esque outswinger. To him tonight is a familiar name, face, and voice of many of you, the star of NFL Fantasy Live on the NFL Network, writer for NFL.com, and co-host of What Show Is This on 32-Bit. It's Michael F. Florio. Thanks for joining me, Michael. Thank you for having me, and thanks for plugging What Show Is This? Uh, great fun. I know you're here for Fantasy Football Talk, but it's a fun TV show podcast that I definitely think everyone should go out and check out right now. Yeah, and if you're a fan of The Office, and I think there's maybe half a dozen people in the world who aren't, it's a must-listen-to <laughs> episode, and uh, we were just talking off-pod. There's going to be some more great episodes, so whether you like the shows, whether you don't like the shows, I imagine they will inspire you to watch them, if not reminisce about your favorite episodes. Thank so, you so much. I, yeah, next out on tap is uh, is Game of Thrones, so everyone has an opinion on Game of Thrones, so go, go check that out too. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'll be interested to hear uh, hear yours. I was uh, a massive fan, and um, in fact, it might genuinely be the highlight of my life. I was on a date once, and someone told me I looked like Jon Snow. Didn't help with the date, but I haven't forgotten it. I I kind of see. You know what it is? It's the mustache. I I could see it for you, man. I, I you got a little Jon Snow in you. I think at the time I was a bit more Jon Snow. I think these days a bit more Samuel Tarly. But that's uh, it's been two <laughs> <laughs> almost two years of COVID lockdown for us. Well, Game of Thrones aside, disappointing finales aside, hopefully tonight is not a disappointing <laughs> finale for you. I usually ask my guests, are you hoping for a Monday night miracle? But instead, we've given we have someone here I'm sure needs no Monday night miracles, I'm going to ask you instead, who are some buy low swing for the fences player to target if your teams are 500 or below or even 0-6 after this week? I think uh, I, the window, I think, on Stefan Diggs is going to close tonight. Calvin Ridley is someone, though, that um, – I, I think you could still go out and get right now. He's averaging double-digit targets per game. His air yards have been up the last two weeks, as have his red zone targets. And I know he was a huge name uh, coming into the fantasy season, but people have gotten quickly, have gotten tired of him. He missed that one game due to personal reasons. And what I like even more, the bye is now already behind him. We have so many teams about to get hit with bye weeks these next upcoming weeks. You don't have to worry about it if Calvin Ridley's out there. Javante Williams is someone that uh, I think people should go out and try to trade for as well. Um, really, what I, I'm, I know it sounds disappointing if you're 0-6 or 1-5 right now, but no one's going to trade you those players that are lifting their team up. So you're going to have to try to buy low on some players that are struggling and hope that they rebound on your team and get hot. And really what I keep telling people is all you need to do is make the playoffs. Like who? Yeah. Everyone wants to be the number one team and get a buy. But if you make the playoffs, we see it every year. Teams that just sneak in, get hot and win a championship. So don't give up just yet. Sometimes you could sneak in under 500 and get that last playoff spot. So uh, keep keep at it and keep trying to rebuild and add to your team, especially right now, because a lot of teams are vulnerable with all of these buys and injuries happening. I totally agree. You just got to get yourself a ticket to the big dance. And then once you're there, anything can happen. And I totally agree on Diggs as well. I think all the metrics are pointing to him having some positive regression somewhere. And maybe it is a get right game against the Titans tonight. But we're still about an hour away from kickoff, maybe slightly less. 
but we are currently going head-to-head. The biggest matchup you'll have on Monday night on two receivers at polar ends of their career. One corner, we have Colts veteran T.Y. Hilton and the other, we have the Browns sophomore Donovan Peoples-Jones. As always, each of us will have two minutes to make the case for our player, followed by a minute of rebuttal. The end of debates will cover any additional thoughts, and of course we have the challenge flag. We can each throw our challenge flag once during the other person's time. Your challenge must be in the form of a question. Can't be in the first 30 seconds of the other person spiel. I'll be telling you why you should go all the way with DPJ, but first, Michael, you can tell us why Eugene Marquis Hilton is still a five-star <laughs> brand you want to stay at. Uh, I... That I mean, oh man, I wasn't expecting to get his full name thrown out here. Uh, but T.Y. Hilton, the thing that encourages me about him is he led the Colts in targets, catches, and yards. It was his first game back off of the IR, so very encouraging usage. And I know people could say, well, he only had four targets. That kind of volume doesn't matter. Well, Carson Wentz only threw the ball 20 times because this was a game where the Colts won handily. They had a big lead throughout, so they didn't really need to throw the ball a whole lot. That four targets still equated to a 20% target share for T.Y. Hilton. I don't think T.Y. Hilton is what he used to be, um, but I still think he is a burner. And that's what, what I thought even before, like yesterday coming into this year, he still has his speed. He could still be a downfield threat, similar to Donovan Peoples-Jones, But I think there's better numbers on the horizon for T.Y. Hilton this year because I think Carson Wentz is a better fit for his talents than Phillip Rivers ever was. Like Phillip Rivers, he had a great career, but especially late in his career, he was not a strong arm quarterback at all. He wasn't able really. The deep ball was never his strength, especially in his last year in the NFL. It's why we're seeing Mike Williams pop off with Phillip Rivers out of town now. Um, I I think T.Y. Hilton playing with the stronger armed Carson Wentz could still have a little bit left. And really what I like about him so much is the upcoming schedule. I said earlier, a lot of teams have bye weeks uh, coming up. The Colts, they still have their bye, but this week they get the Niners. Then they get the Titans who have allowed the most points to wide receivers. Then the Jets, Jaguars, then the Bills, which is a tough matchup, and then the Bucks. So I think these next few weeks, while you're going to be in need of uh, some streaming options with all the teams on by. I think T.Y. Hilton is a good name. He's got some good matchups that you could take advantage of. So it's the volume plus the upcoming schedule. Uh, I know I still have about 20 seconds here, but I think I kind of made the case for T.Y. Hilton. I guess I'll just say he's also the more proven player of the two. Not that that matters a whole lot, but we know what T.Y. Hilton could do on the football field. And we know he still has a lot of speed. Uh, and that that pretty much wraps it up for me on T.Y. Hilton. <laughs> I think that works. I, I mean, it was, truth be told, I actually forgot to start the timer straight away. So <laughs> <laughs> you did well to get basically dead on the uh, the money with the two minutes. But as much as you can fill that two minutes, I've got a minute to tell you why you're wrong about him. And I will start by saying I'm excited to see T.Y. Hilton back. He's a guy who somehow finds his way onto my fantasy roster. So I've had good wins on the back of him. And you know what else I've had? Disappointing weeks and lingering <laughs> injuries for the past four years. You know what he did this weekend? Aside from leading the Colts in targets, aside from leading the Colts in catches and yards, he injured his quad in his return from injury. We're going to talk about Odell Beckham Jr. shortly and how he's made of one-ply toilet paper. T.Y. Hilton is right there with him as well. And, yeah, he's probably still got a little bit of juice, but let's have a look at his numbers from last year. He had 56 catches, 762 yards, five touchdowns. That's fair. 
Okay numbers, as you say, Rivers didn't really suit him, but he had 21 catches, 348 yards, four touchdowns in a four-week stretch where he played the Texans twice. He owns the Texans. He owns Texas like Jerry Jones wishes he owned Texas. He can't play him every week. He's got him once more, but I'm not wasting my money on T.Y. I, I think that's all fair. Um, I was going to throw the challenge flag when you said Jerry Jones wishes he owns Texas. Uh, I, I would have thrown like Aaron Rodgers owns the Chicago Bears. But besides that, I think you made a lot of great points. <laughs> that was one of my favorite moments of the week, telling uh, the Chicago crowd that he owns, owns them still. <laughs> and then to back it up afterwards, sort of looking like a divorced dad, maybe twice divorced dad version of Jimbo <laughs> Jones from The Simpsons at his press conference to say that he just saw a woman in the crowd giving him the Eli Manning double bird and he, <laughs> he lost control of himself. You know, this is why you didn't get the job on Jeopardy and you're back throwing the football, Aaron. I think it worked out all right for him. Yeah, I think so too. But now we're not talking about Aaron Jones. We're not talking about Daniel Jones. We are talking about People's Jones, the People's Republic of Jones, Donovan Peoples Jones. For the uninitiated, Donovan Peoples Jones is a prototypical receiver. He's in the top 15% of receivers for speed, burst, and arm length. You look at him and think, yep, that's a football player. This weekend, he had five targets, four catches, 101 yards, two touchdowns against the six and O Cardinals. Previous week, six targets, five catches, 70 yards against the Chargers. Footballer's game of what have you done for me lately? And he can't score points retrospectively, so don't worry about his slow start to the season. We're looking at what he's putting together now. DPJ is the Browns' primary downfield threat, but don't let you, but don't let that fool you into thinking he's one-dimensional. That's Anthony Schwartz you're thinking of, the guy from the Mighty Ducks 2 who can skate fast and not stop. DPJ lines up inside and outside. I mean, he stays on the field. In fact, he's the Browns' leading receiver for snaps this year. That's opportunity. You cannot score points while you're on the bench. The Browns have been hit with a wave of injuries. 37% of their 53-man roster is currently questionable for their Thursday night game. Mayfield has a torn labrum. Hunt will miss at least a month with a calf injury. They linger. I know. I'm getting over my own calf injury. It's why I'm not in the NFL. Chubb won't likely play this week. Landry's coming off an injury, and we just talked about OBJ being a tissue paper man. At the very least, DPJ, DPJ will be their wide receiver one this Thursday night against Denver, who just got blown up by two deep threats, Henry Ruggs, Brian Edwards. He gives the Browns' offense a different dimension. He's that big play threat who benefits them with teams keying in to stop the run. He's the archetypal play-action receiver. You get him open, downfield, make those big plays, keep the defense honest. When DPJ is on the field, the Browns average 6.06 yards per carry, half a yard better than their average. He's sixth in the league for catch percentage among players with 15 or more targets. That's 86.67%. This guy's vice-like hands. If you need more proof of why you should pick him up from the waiver wire, watch him play. Watch how he extends his hand late to give cornerbacks a more difficult time to defend him. Watch how he lowered his head and ran over a defender to score his first touchdown and watch his Hail Mary catch. That's my time. <laughs> right on time, man. That was that was impressive. I uh, I think if I'd gone the full Donovan Peoples-Jones, I would have gone way over. <laughs> I like that we can uh, cut that right down. But anyway, tell me, you've got a minute to tell me why I'm wrong. I like Donovan Peoples-Jones a good amount. The only reason I have him behind T.Y. Hilton is I think Hilton's volume is safer, especially with Paris Campbell now banged up and questionable moving forward. Uh, I think it's going to be him and Michael Pittman as the top two targets. I cannot say that for Donovan Peoples-Jones. I think you can 
if Jarvis Landry doesn't play this week, but there's a chance that Jarvis Landry will be back out there. Odell Beckham Jr. is the tight end one. They like to get their tight ends sprinkled involved as well. You can't predict which one it'll be between the two tight ends, but you know that they're going to at least get like five, six targets combined, maybe even a little bit more. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones has been great, but he's doing it on five targets a game. So you're really hoping for a touchdown or a long catch. Otherwise, I think you might be left a little disappointed. But all that being said, I think both Hilton and Peoples-Jones are good bi-week replacements this week with so many receivers out due to injury or buys. And that is my time. <laughs> <laughs> I think you hit the nail on the head there. And we, we've come to the, the end of the debate portion here. We'll let the people decide who won that one. After all, it's Peoples-Jones. I didn't even touch on Pittman in my rebuttal, uh, but I think he's been the player they wanted him to be. I think he's a real worry for um, for T.Y. Hilton. But by the same token, I think he opens up the field nicely for him. He's now not the guy because you have that big outside receiver in Pittman who can hopefully uh, take some of the attention away from T.Y. Hilton. I like him. I like him as a, a bye week fill-in and, and – we always talk about it on the show, inevitably, I get the boring guy. Uh, <laughs> this might be the first week I don't have the floor guy, but we always say, like, if you need to win in a bye week, go for the guy with the ceiling. If you need a guy who's not going to ruin it for you, go for the guy with the floor. Yep. And I feel like that's exactly the same discussion we're having here tonight. Yeah, I think so, too. I, I would agree. Hilton is definitely the more boring guy of the two. Peoples-Jones is the shiny new toy. I think both of them... Like the more we were talking, the more I was thinking like these two are like the pointing Spider-Man gif. Like they're both very similar players. They're going to get, they're not the number ones on their team. They're probably going to get somewhere like five, six, maybe seven targets. Uh, and you're kind of hoping for a deep catch or a touchdown out of them. So yeah, it, it's the only, oh, one other point I forgot to make on my rebuttal was uh, T.Y. Hilton's quarterback doesn't have to throw with one arm pinned against his body. So I think that's a plus for him as well. <laughs> I, I guess that um, dovetails nicely into a question. Do you see Baker missing time with this injury? I could see him not playing Thursday. He, I mean, I'm going to trust the player here. He, the fact that he still played last week, I mean, that show, that fall looked brutal and I thought he was done for the game, but he didn't even miss a snap. Really. He was back out there. Uh, he said he has no intentions of taking time off. He's been playing through this injury for a couple of weeks now. So I expect him to be out there Thursday and moving forward with the caveat that if he takes another big hit, a fall similar to the one he had the other day, then he could get knocked out at any point. I think that is a big concern. And it's why even with all the quarterbacks on buys this week, I've ranked Baker Mayfield pretty low heading into week seven. I think this is one of these injuries that, it sort of comes down to your own testicular fortitude of how whatever your pain, whatever your pain tolerance is to get through it and continue to play. And we know, if nothing else, for all his faults, Baker is a, a baller and he wants to be out there. He's a he's a leader. He's an aggressive guy. So he's the question is, come. yeah, exactly, exactly. I, I really like that about him for all his faults. Um, the question is, are the Browns willing to risk it? Like worse damage, long term damage. Uh, to a guy who I, I still think is expecting a big contract this offseason. Yeah, I, I think he is the future of uh, of that team, at least at the quarterback position. And, and I agree. I think he's going to expect to get paid based off of what not only he has done, but what the team has done these last two seasons. I mean, I know Baker hasn't lived up to the number one pick expectations and he's getting outplayed by some other young quarterbacks, but 
the Browns are no longer the Browns, and that is large part due to Baker Mayfield and his place. So I think uh, I think he's earned the right to think that he should have that contract. And with the Browns kind of struggling the last two weeks, they know they're in a in a fight, not just for that division, but for a wild card spot as well. So I think as long as Baker is willing to gut it out, I think the Browns are going to let him keep playing. I agree. And it couldn't, it couldn't come at a worse time for them with these, the injuries to Chubb and Hunt as well. It's not like you can lean on the running game. Um, I think we'll see a bit of Dionis Johnson, a bit of Demetric Felton, although I thought we'd see a bit of Demetric Felton this weekend and it didn't materialize, but um, I think that probably disappointed a lot of people. Now, We'd like to wrap up the show with a sort of a general waiver chat. So you are obviously the NFL's waiver wire expert. Who are you targeting this week? Uh, my number one pickup or just like players in general? Uh, in general. Well, my yeah, I'll give you both. My number one pickup this week, unless you're in need of a running back like a lot of people might be, it's Rashad Bateman. I, I'm really excited to see what he can do. Remember, he's a former first round pick this year of the Ravens. He was going like the ninth or 10th round of drafts before the season, before he got injured. Now you could get him off the waiver wire and he tied for the team lead in targets there. We mentioned the Browns guys. Those are top pickups as well. I like Johnson a little bit more than Felton just because I think he could handle a larger workload. I think Felton will be the Kareem Hunt role until Kareem Hunt returns. Ramondre Stevenson is someone that I, I am very excited about, especially after what he did in the passing game this week. That was a role that was going to Brandon Bolden. It went to Stevenson this week, and he is explosive. If he is getting more touches, I think he could be a weekly flex option. The Ravens running backs are obviously in play if Latavius Murray's out. I rank those guys, Freeman Williams, then Lev Bell, uh, Jared Patterson, and Chris Evans, a little bit deeper names there. Um, at receiver, AJ Green, like I, I know he's owned in some rostered in some leagues, but if he's still out there, he needs to be picked up. Hilton and, and Peoples Jones also on that list. Amon Ross, St. Brown, Miko Hardman, other names I like. And then at tight end, Ricky Seals Jones. I mean, the guy's been getting huge opportunity with Logan Thomas sideline. And then if you're going a little bit deeper, Mo Ali Cox, because people are gonna need tight ends. And if nothing else, Mo Ali Cox has a chance of scoring a touchdown. And if you're streaming a tight end, you're basically hoping for a touchdown. Yeah, they're great names there. I uh glad to hear you say Stevenson. I was a big fan of his uh, coming into the draft process and then for him to land with my uh, beloved Patriots as well was just a bonus. It's good to see. I think he really is that be the best pass catching roster, uh, pass catching player on the roster with James White out. So that's definitely a role that'll grow. I thought he looked good. I thought Damian Harris looked good last night as well, but um, Same. that's positive with, uh, with Stevenson. Um, I guess that, that brings us to the end. So all that's left for me to say is to say thank you for coming on the show and for the half a dozen people who listen to this show but somehow, for whatever reason, have escaped your uh, your <laughs> web of <laughs> fame or infamy, tell the people where they can find you. Yeah, you can find me at Michael F. Florio on Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I, on TikTok, it's Michael F. Florio 5, but I'm, I'm working on that. And uh, I, I haven't really made any TikToks yet, but I will be more active, but mainly Twitter or Instagram. And uh, I'm also on Cameo if you're trying to find me there, Michael F. Florio. So lots of different places you can find me today, nowadays. Yep, and and of course, uh, I was going to no, say, of course. Ahead. 32 bit and uh and what show is this plus i'll have a little bit a little youtube show about uh like athletes from yesteryear dropping soon on 32 bit so lots of content there as well 
that's exciting. I know uh, my first show for 32-bit is coming out soon, but I was, I was going to say, this isn't how we got you for the show tonight. We didn't uh, fork out money on Cameo. We couldn't stretch the budget quite that far. <laughs> for <laughs> well, you, thank anything. Ah, I'll hold you to that. Thank you all for <laughs> tuning into the great debate. Don't forget to follow us at Twitter, on Twitter even, at Sleeperwire Show. Chuck us a few dollars on Patreon if you're so inclined. But if not, please subscribe, rate and review on your favourite podcast platform so more people can listen to the great shows that we put out, whether it's the call-in shows on Wednesday night, Mail Sack, Blitz before the uh, the games on Sunday, or even just the, uh, the nonsense that Natter and I talk on the weekly shows. But, of course, you can also follow me. I'm on Twitter, at Sheehan Solo. That's S-H-E-A-H-A-N-S-O-L-O. We'll catch you next time.